In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. History makers. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking to Tim Buxton from Flicker Flame Ministries. Now, Tim is an amazing young bloke from Australia who's about to launch into ministry in Iraq, of all places. It's great to have him on the line today. How are you, buddy? Good, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, we chatted uh, many years ago. We were uh, buddies in Brisbane where you were a youth pastor and a chaplain. And uh, What kind of ministry were you involved in when you were back in Australia many years ago? Yeah, mate, it was about uh, about nine years ago. I was um volunteer chaplain uh, whilst uh, being a youth pastor at my local church in mm-hmm. Perth and Gary and just had a great time just ministering with young people, Got the opportunity to, um, you know, teach RE in primary schools as well as uh, the local high school where we would just go in and um, chat with kids during their lunch hour and do prayer meetings with a bunch of the, you know, excited and passionate young Christians in the mm-hmm. school there. And yeah, it was just, uh, you know, great. Nothing better than doing youth ministry, really. Now, we knew each other reasonably well then, and we've kept in contact over the years uh, via Facebook mainly. And I've seen you. Uh, ministering in New York at Times Square Church. Now, it's a church that's well-known uh, because uh, David Wilkinson was the founding pastor, and he's the guy from the mm. the, uh, the movie and the book Crossing the Switchblade and mm-hmm. Nicky Cruz. Uh, uh, some of our listeners might remember those books. How did you end up getting involved in that church? Yeah, you know what? I basically, I had a round-the-world ticket. Um, I, being involved in youth ministry, uh, really looked up to David uh, David Wilkerson, you know, wrote that book, The Cross and the Switchblade, which, you know, really impacted me working amongst gangs in New York, young people uh, hooked on drugs. And I knew that this church was doing something right when it came to, uh, you know, reaching out to the down and out youth of society. And so I had a Randall ticket. I was going to go to the UK where I was going to do some ministry with another, I guess, a mentor of mine. And uh, so I flew into New York on the way through and just volunteered at the church. I just, you know, was helping in their tape distribution ministry and went out with their homeless feeding programs during the night and just had a phenomenal time and heard about their internship program that they had now. I was doing youth ministry back home, so I actually uh, put that off for uh, would have been two years. And then God really stirred my heart. I was on a mission trip to India, and it was as if God was just there with me just telling me, look, your time has come to, to learn um, uh, something new in ministry. I want uh, want you to apply for that internship, and and so I did. And uh, I ended up doing um, video editing in the back room. So from doing you know full on pastoral youth ministry to editing sermons, uh, you know, really wasn't what I was um, you know expecting. But it was three months into it that the missions pastor said, I've been praying for a Timothy. Now, my name's Tim, so um, <laughs> I don't know if he was literally praying for a Timothy, but he, he really said, look, I've been praying for a Timothy to come alongside me in ministry, and I believe you're the one. And, and so really that's kind of how it happened. It was nothing that I was you know, planning to, to move to New York and stay there for long, but 
you know, it's just been the most amazing um, nine years of my life and just say, say thank, thankful to God so much for all that I've learned while, while I was in New York and from its great ministry. And now who's the uh, the senior pastor of that church now? Uh, his name is Carter Conlon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he is, a, he is really much of the same vein of as David Wilkerson really has a real that real prophetic heart to speak not only to a local church in New York, but really uh, has that message to, to the nation of America. And I think the Christians everywhere that are that really wanted to live, um, you know, that passionate love for God, to care for the poor, um, and to really um, bring the gospel to where it's needed the most. And the sad news broadcast all around the world in the last couple of years since uh, the passing of David Wilkerson. Where, where were you and, and what was it like at the church when uh, he passed away? Um, you know what? I was actually just flying back from uh, a trip that I had done. Um, I believe it was to Haiti. And I, I was on the on the tarmac after we just landed. I got a text from my boss saying that um, he had passed away. And, you know, obviously when someone has had such a profound impact on, on not only the church, on you personally, you know, it really hits home and, and, and it's a sad thing. And you, your heart goes out to the family, his wife that was involved in the car wreck that took his life and, and was seriously injured. So, you know, there, it wasn't, um, it, you know, it was, it was quite somber, but at the same time, one of the things I think that kind of was a hallmark of, you know, Pastor Dave was that he, he didn't, um, he left behind his ministries that God called him to start so many incredible ministries, whether it be Teen Challenge or his World Challenge missions organization or the church at Times Square Church or the Bible college that he ha- had begun for students. He'd left it in very capable hands. And, and so it was as if things just went on without skipping a beat. And I guess that's in a way testimony to him as a, a leader. And, um, and, you know, the church really has run with, um, you know, what he's instilled into our heart. You know, I mean, I think I, I can remember hearing the news uh, of him passing away. And, uh, of mm. course, when, whenever a, a great father in the faith like that passes away, we mm. like to acknowledge and honor them. And, you know, what an incredible legacy that he has left. And, yeah. of course, uh, that church, I mean, eight, eight to 10,000 people in the middle of New York. Uh, mm. and, and I think they've got something like um, 80 different outreaches per week all around uh, the States. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's- it really is incredible. It's a church that just buzzes with action. Um, uh, philosophy is really we are a church with revolving doors. And whether it's, you know, you come in and you go out um, and serve in another nation or whether you come in and you're just constantly going in and out of the church serving in whether it be homeless outreach or whether it be, um, you know, storefront reaching out to youth in, in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which is renowned for, you know, being a pretty rough neighbourhood. Whether it be you know um, just just all kinds of of um, you know outreaches that you can be a part of, um, yeah, that's kind of really the heart of the church. It's a church with hands and feet action, and mm. all all about it. So. And mate, you've been overseeing their internship program recently. I think there's been 25 interns you've been working with. Is that right? Yeah, it, the, the number fluctuates, but at times we've had um, you know about 25 interns that. My wife and I uh, pastorally care for at the church, and they they're involved in different aspects of the church ministry, um, whether it's been helping uh, with room schedules on Sunday services, children's ministry, missions ministry, which is kind of where I'm based, where I was based in, or 
um, you know, there's a number of different positions in the church that they occupy, really invaluable, um, you know, part of the staff there at church. And it's been great, you know, pouring into young people that just want to serve God and and being there for them through the ups and downs. It's, uh, it, was, it was a true honour, privilege. Now, you and your wife and children are now packing up, moving over to Iraq to work as missionaries there. Tell us how that came about. Oh, mate, look, uh, my wife and I, uh, you know, meeting her, uh, she had just come back from a couple of years in South Africa. She had uh, served there with an organisation called Doctors for Life, um, and my parents were missionaries. I was born actually in Indonesia. And so I guess missions it was somewhat in my blood, that, that uh, hunger and thirst to, to um, you know, share the gospel amongst people that uh, don't have access uh, like we do here in Australia and other places. And so uh, when we got married, you know, deep down we knew that God was going to send us out one day. It was on a trip that I had doing. I was heading up there, short-term missions program, and got um, and went on a, you know, a trip to the Middle East, to Jordan and Egypt, and ended up being in Iraq for a few days. And it was a while I was on this trip. I was by myself. My wife was five five or six months pregnant with our first baby baby girl and God just spoke as clear as day to me on the very last day that I was in Iraq uh, that he wanted us as a family to move there and um, you know to put it to put it um, you know keep it short um, I, I really didn't know why I was there um, but I just remember my boss said look if there's anyone that has a heart for widows and orphans in Iraq let me know it wasn't until the last day that I found out about this guy that lived in the mountains three hours from the city of Arabil, jumped in a taxi um, through three mountain ranges, seven checkpoints, police checkpoints and army checkpoints, and we finally got there, and he was there through World Orphans. And um, in this one town of uh, about 150,000 people, 65% refugees from, you know, 15 miles from the border of Iran and 30 from Turkey were... In this town, there are only six believers, a handful of believers, and at the time, two two families that were, uh, you know, workers there. Um, and God was like, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And uh, you know, that's kind of really what started that journey back in September, uh, 2010. And tell us what will you be doing when you're based there. So when we get there, um, World Orphans is building a community centre in this part of the town that was built for uh, it's a Kurdish um, part of Iraq and, and the town was basically obliterated by Saddam Hussein and there's so many love, uh, relatives that were lost their lives during those gas bombs and chemical bombs that, that he um, you know let loose on this town so there's a community that's been built called Freedom Martyrs Village and right in the middle of that, that Freedom Martyrs Village um, is a community centre that's being built to care for the needs of of this community and so um, when we get there we're going to be um, helping to finish that community centre it's still being used while it's still kind of being finished but once it's finished to run that community centre serve the Kurdish community and and hopefully build relationships with Kurds and um, see them come to know uh, what it means to have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and mate is it safe where you're going to yeah it is I, I try and I try and tell people that um, it's not that picture that you get when you watch the news. Uh, we're in the mountains of of 
Iraq um, in the north east east uh, part. Um, of course, you know there's turbulent, crazy stuff that's going on all around us, whether it be the Syrian war, um, civil war that's going on, or things that happen in uh, Iran or in, in southern Iraq. But we are we are in a relatively safe area and. And our our hope really is that um, we'd be able to set up a base where people can come and serve, people can come and um, do ministry and 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 work in the community centre. So we wouldn't obviously be offering that kind of uh, avenue for people if their their lives were going to be in you know immediate risk or danger. So. And tell me, are there many Christians in that area? Um, not in the town that we're in. Um, there are culturally or ethnic Christians, the Syrian Christians in the capital of of northern Iraq, uh, Erbil, um, is a Christian quarter. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I really, those that are really, um, you know, have that uh, um, born-again experience, I'm not really, I'm not, I wouldn't, uh, I couldn't really give you a hard number on it, but I know there's only a handful in our town. And so there's probably around 200 villages in, in the in the uh, mountain area in southern Turkey and and in um, western Iran, where there really hasn't any witness of the gospel at all, so it's definitely a part of the world that um, really needs to hear the gospel. And the you know there's a lot of Bible translation taking place to make sure it's um, that message is in their native tongue. Well, mate, it's it's an amazing story of how the Lord has used a young bloke from Australia to. Be based in the states and now over to Iraq with your your wife and kids and uh, just pray that the Lord continues to bless you and open doors for you and um, mate. One thing we like to ask before we wrap up the show is you know there might be people listening that have never uh, given the heart to the Lord that don't know the gospel of Jesus Christ and you know you're going over there taking the gospel to these people in Iraq and you know there might be people that need to hear the message of the gospel right now. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond mm. to it? You know, the gospel really is, in simple terms, good news. And when we look around us and we see that uh, we see a lot of bad news, whether it be um, terrible things happening in schools or in workplaces around us, that you're, or maybe maybe you're just losing hope. Um, well, Jesus came, the Bible says that he came, and he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And there's no other way to come to the Father but through him. And Jesus is that good news. He's the he's the one who came to me, even in my being born in a Christian home and understanding who God was, but realizing that, that I had a lot of religion, I had a lot of sin in my life, I had a lot of rebellion even in my own heart growing up. And God saves us from our own works, our own good works, as well as our own bad works. And t- today you might be thinking, look, I don't even know, um, I don't even know why uh, why I'm even listening to this program today, but I have a pretty good hunch if you don't know what it is to have that relationship with Jesus, that, that pathway to God the Father who created you, who gave you purpose, gave you life, Jesus is saying, come to me. And he says, come with all your baggage, come with all your problems, come with all your issues, come to me and I will give you a way, I'll give you a path that you can walk that is right, a path that gives you not only forgiveness or or um, or a clean conscience but gives you power over sin gives you the ability to walk a right life Jesus comes with all these things away he comes with the truth you know there's a lot of people that will tell you what you want to hear but they won't tell you the truth and 
a lot of people might say, you know, everything's going to work out in the end. And the truth of the matter is, is there is a time when we have to stand before God. We have to give an account for how we live our life. And just like if, if you do something wrong here and uh, you have to come before the court, you have to stand before a judge and there's a consequence. And, and the consequences of our own rebellion, of, of my rebellion, of your rebellion, is that there's hell. There is a punishment to be paid. There is a place sin and evil cannot live in the presence of God. And so there is a consequence. But Jesus says, I'm the truth, and I've come to give you freedom from that. I've come to give you life, not only life that is, is, is bountiful and good here, but life for eternity. And today, if you want to know who Jesus is, if you want to know uh, that he can give you that same life, eternal life, the Bible says, is to know Jesus, is to know him the one who gave us life. And so today, if you really want to know that, you just have to call on his name. You God is, you know, I'm sure, Matt, as if this isn't probably the first time you're listening, Matt and other guests have talked about it before, but if you want to know that, then pick up a Bible, pick up the book of Mark or the book of John and read through and hear the very words of Jesus speaking to you, that if you come to him and if you give your life to him, he'll give you all the things uh, that, uh, will give you hope and life uh, for all eternity. Mate, that is good news, and I know that uh, you mean that from the bottom of your heart, and you're living that life of uh, following Christ. And, uh, of course, if people want to find out more about your ministry, the website is flickerflame.org, and you can find out there with uh, Tim Buxton and his beautiful family heading over to Iraq. And, mate, we just uh, reckon you guys are history makers. Uh, God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Matt. God bless Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.